Welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, where we break down exactly how smart business owners and corporate leaders leverage the powerful advantage of being a published book author. I'm your host, Mike Capuzzi, and you're in the right place if you want profitable, nonfiction book writing tips. What if you could land your dream job and escape student loan debt in just five days? My guest today is helping others achieve this enviable goal. Annie Margarita Yang is a millennial finance expert and author of the groundbreaking book, The Five-Day Job Search. Love that. Known for her witty and candid style, with over a million views on YouTube, Annie cuts through the financial jargon, offering foolproof real-world advice. Tailored for job hunters in any industry, the five-day job search offers a pragmatic, efficient approach to securing not just a job, but multiple offers, even in tough economic times. Annie, welcome to the show. Mike, thanks for having me on today. I was really looking forward to this for a couple reasons. A, as I mentioned to you, I'm helping my older daughter on her job search, and uh, I would love it if she would read your book, but I'm not sure she would. We'll have to talk about that. How do you get, you know, and she used she to read all the, the time. Book. She can listen to it. She doesn't have to read oh, it. Oh, that's true. See, uh, I'm, I automatically go right to reading. But uh, I love the concept. I love the brand, if you will, of the five-day job search. Uh, I think it's very compelling. So we're going to talk all about that. But before we jump in and talk about your book, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do, who you serve, and all that good stuff. So what I do right now actually full-time is I'm an accountant, but I wrote this book, The Five-Day Job Search, because I see a whole lot of people, they're getting laid off left and right, and I think I can help people with their problem. A lot of people also owe student loan debt. That's a recent thing because student loan repayments began again in October. So I thought, okay, two and two together. One, people are losing their jobs. Two, they need to repay their student loan debt. So what if I could find a way to help people earn $20,000 more, $30,000 more, maybe even $50,000 more, even in a recession. Um, I really want to help serve anyone who needs to earn more money to repay their student loan debt because if not, they're going to die with it. They're going to take it with them to the grave. And and this is a problem that I want to solve. Very good. So it really is, and I have not read your book, but it really is focused on two topics because one is the job search itself and, and all that entails but then there's also this the idea of repaying debt, right? Is that correct? Actually, it was mainly about just the job search itself. But then in the marketing of the book, I, I was thinking about it over and over again. And I was like, what's going to be the thing that just triggers people to want to buy this? And then I realized, wow, there's a lot of people really angry about student loan debt. I think this is going to be the trigger. <laughs> mm, interesting. All right. Well, we'll have to talk about that. But uh, what I'd like to do, Annie, is I'd, I'd like to focus a, a bit on the book and really share some wisdom and ideas that my listeners could take from this conversation. Obviously, we want to encourage them to buy the book for themselves, for their kids, their grandkids, whatever it might be. But what, what can you share with us that would really get folks kind of thinking about, hey, this really makes sense. I need to read more. Yeah, absolutely. Like the number one thing that gets people to like go like, What? is I tell people they need to apply to 50 jobs a day because the average job seeker takes six months to land a job offer. But when you really ask them like, well, how many jobs did you apply to over the course of six months? And they say, I did about 300. 
well, why don't you take those 300 jobs you're going to apply to anyway? And why don't you just, you know, do all of it in the first week, you know, basically front load all of the work. And then um, you can land a job two weeks after that. You know, I've helped a few people do this and everyone's able to land jobs in two weeks. Now I'm able to do it in five days because I know what I'm doing, but in terms of like teaching people who are trying this out for the first time, it takes them about two weeks after their first job application to get an offer. And the reason I say to do it this way, instead of spreading it out over six months is because that way you have a whole bunch of interviews lined up. Like my friend on day 10, she had five interviews all lined up in the same day. And that's the best thing because you can walk in with confidence acting like, well, if this doesn't work out, you know, it's okay because I have another option. So you go in there more yourself. You're actually confident because you know, you have options. And then what was great about her is the next day she got like multiple offers coming back and she got the offer from the company she wanted and she increased her salary by $50,000. So I'm going to ask for some free advice because, as I mentioned, my two daughters just graduated college. One had several job offers. Uh, she landed a great job with a great company. My other daughter is out there. She, now she's probably she probably is applying to 50 a day. She's I call it the shotgun approach. Um, she's had some interesting interviews, uh, to say the least. But in your book, do you? Do you go over, I mean, it's one thing to get the interview, right? Do you go over it all, Annie, you know, because most of the first interviews are by Zoom these days, at least the ones she's on. So she's on a Zoom interview. If they like what they hear and, you know, and all that, they're inviting her to an in-person interview. Are you offering strategies about for folks, um, you know, best, best practices for, you know, the interview itself? Yes. You know, I, I was surprised because I thought everyone did research for their interviews and came in like prepared with questions and things like that. Apparently they don't. So actually in my book, I have a whole checklist of things that they need to research on the company before they walk in. So yeah, I, I highly encourage the shotgun approach. That's what I do. But once I'm actually scheduled for the interview, that's when I go really deep in interviewing, like, like for researching for the interview. Um, I will look up everything. I will be that crazy stalker you wish you never had. <laughs> I encourage it. I encourage people to to come in with a pen and paper ready, you know, come in with um, a notebook with all the notes you took on the company as well. And then actual questions you have for that company. Like, hey, I saw that your company had a lot of one star reviews from unhappy customers. And I just want to make sure I'm working for a reputable company. How do you explain why you keep getting so many one star reviews? Wow, Questions so you're like, that, you're like you know? turning the tables on the interview. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I've done that to my my boss. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are these tenants complaining they didn't get their security deposit back? Are you the kind of company that steals money from their right. tenants? Good for you, good for yeah. you. What about this? And again, I'm just very interested in this topic. Uh, what, what my older daughter also seems to be encountering are job descriptions that aren't exactly accurate until she finds out she gets the interview. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I was applying for a marketing position, but you want me to do door-to-door -door sales, you know, that kind of thing, which I think is prevalent in, in, in especially like the marketing communications uh, arena. Do you encourage your students, the people who, you know, are following your process? I mean, I've tried to teach my daughter, like, you should be, at, just like you said, you should be interviewing the interviewer. Like, what does a day look like in this business? You know, so you're not wasting your time if it's not a good alignment. Is that something you also teach, like, knowing what a job, the job looks like and entails right from the get-go? Oh yeah, because if you don't have the right expectations and if it's not communicated before you start working there, 
then you're not going to be happy working there. You're going to be like, this isn't what I thought it would be. And then you're going to start looking for a job one to two months after that. <laughs> start the process all over again. It's a waste of time for everybody. But the problem is there are some companies out there. I'll, I'll, I'll say this right now. They're so toxic. They will say like anything just to get you in the door. And then after you start working there, you realize this isn't as good as they made it out to be. It's like they were selling you the job. You know, I had a job um, working at a hotel. I, I lasted only four days there because it wasn't what I thought it would be. I was doing catering at the hotel. They were like so excited to hire me and everything. I was like, wow, for once I was like, they want me, <laughs> right? And then after I started working there, I realized that apparently this is legal. They can give you a start time for your shift and no end time. You can be there nine hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. I'm like, when am I going home? My husband's like calling me, but they require me to put my cell phone in the locker because if they catch you with your phone, they will fire you. So I had to leave my phone in the locker. My husband's calling. And then I'm just like, what kind of job is this? <laughs> they didn't explain that in the interview. So that could be another book, the four day job. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and it, you know, you, you don't know that and you got to get the experience. And I know for a first job out of college, or even high school, it's, you know, there's a lot of learning that has to go on. There's a lot of, you know, it may not be the ideal perfect job right from the get-go, but. Um, so where does this book fit into your day-to-day -day business? I mean, this is obviously something where you're just giving back, you want to help others. Does it fit into your business or is it more just of a, more of a, a give back kind of thing? So actually, um, I'm going to go fully at this. I'm, I'm not going to quit until I sell, you know, at least a million copies. I want to sell a hundred million copies of this. People think I'm crazy. They're just like, you know, it, Harry Potter, not even all of the Harry Potter books sold a hundred million copies. Only the first few did. Um, but I, I really think everyone needs to read this book. I want it to sweep the nation, just like Marie Kondo's The Magic Art of Tidying Up. Just like that, like it got everyone to declutter their homes and throw out, throw out their stuff. Like I want it to have the same effect on American society because I'm really sick and tired of um, young children, young impressionable children. They're like taught from a really young age that if they really want to be successful in life, they have to take on student loan debt to get a degree. And then they come out, they're not working in their field of study. They're working a job that doesn't require a degree, but they still owe all this money. And the average person takes 21 years to pay back their loan. I'm just like, how is this, this entire society just profiting off of these kids and nobody's doing anything about it? So yeah, while it's kind of like a give back thing, I also still want to make money from this book as well. Sure, sure. Yeah, and that's a, it's a very interesting, some very interesting points you bring up because now having gone through it and um, yeah, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of higher education these days because I, I, I have a lot of comments I'll keep to myself, but it's, it's really, it is interesting to say the least. And you're, you're spot on on everything you just shared. I'm not sure. And my whole family are educators. I was, I was the black sheep. So uh, uh -oh. they're, they're, I, I talked to my dad, who's a retired college professor now, and, and he's like, it, it is unbelievable. You know, he got out of it and retired when things started getting even more corporate-like. I mean, they really are, you know, higher levels of, you know, higher education really is a for-profit business. They just don't call it that, in my opinion. Um, but let's get back to you and your, and your book. So you 
Did you self-publish this book or did you work with a publisher? I self-published it. Okay, good job. I could see, and so you, you are looking to expand beyond just the book. You know, are you doing any kind of consulting or coaching with people? Do you have anything like that in place yet? I can see I, you having a great podcast, by the way. Have you thought about that? Thank you. Um, I, I'm, I have 50. I have 50 things. I'm a list of 50 things I'm going to do to market and promote the book. But I'm kind of like that one step at a time person where I really need to focus on one thing at a time. Otherwise, if you shoot at all 50, you get nothing done. Um, so there's that. I, I do some coaching as well, but it's it's a hard, it's kind of hard, I have to really admit. I'm not going to lie because I'm helping people who have been unemployed for six months. So by the time they come to me, they cannot afford to pay $100 an hour, $150 an hour for private coaching. Does that make sense? You're like helping somebody who can't afford to pay. Um, so I'm, I'm actually still trying to figure out how can I help people in that kind of like personalized interaction setting where I probably have to do group coaching. Maybe I, I coach a whole group of people and then I charge each person maybe $15 a head or something. That's like one hour of minimum wage these days, right? So who can't afford that? Um, I'm still figuring it out, but then I'm also thinking there, there has to be a way because like, let's say um, if I could turn it into a show, someone who's been unemployed for six months, can I help them land a job in just five days? Can I turn their life around in just five sessions? Uh, I was also thinking if I could turn that into like a reality TV kind of show, because I do YouTube as well and edit that and like show the crazy parts of some people in their job search. Maybe it could be like the next Gordon Ramsay's. Yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> the other target market is I think group coaching could be a good potential. I think you could have some stuff that you create a course that people just pot, buy once and go through. That could be a low tier, low cost opportunity. But I think, you know, one of the groups where it's people with money, it's the parents or grandparents, let's say of, of, a, of a recent college graduate, right? They are highly encouraged, especially if they invest it in their kids, either paid for it or invest it in their kids' college uh, education to get a, a return on that. So to work with, to pay you whatever it is, to coach one-on-one, -on -one, for example, I think there's probably a lot of pent-up demand there with parents oh, who that's are frustrated. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. I, I assumed if parents had money, they just introduced their, their kids to a job already <laughs> with their yeah. network or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it quite works that way. I mean, it, it might, but I do think, I, I, yeah, uh, we'll have to talk offline. I'll give you some ideas, but I All think right. there is a big opportunity. I think, you know, as far as growing... You, as this recognized expert, boy, if you could capitalize on that, yeah, you, you'll have an amazing business. So, so you're, this, this book uh, was just recently published within the last six or seven months, correct? Yeah, it was only, I think, four months ago. Okay. So since you've published it, Annie, what would you say is, is the number one strategy you've used to get the word out? Because I know you have a, a bunch of reviews and uh, already. Like, what do you... What do you what would be a tip you would share with someone who's listening? Like, hey, this really worked for me. Mm, I gotta say, nothing has really worked, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I have a list of 50 things. So I was just gonna go down the list and I started with just podcast marketing. So mm -hmm. I got booked on 125 shows. Wow. This is, yeah, this is show number 97 that I've done in just three months. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go on like maybe 500 shows for the year. That was the initial plan because I was estimating if I do two, 
500 shows and each show had on the low end maybe 2000 listeners on each episode then that's a million people getting exposed to the idea of the five-day job search but then um some hosts are quite slow in editing so I, I estimate about 35 of the 97 that I've done have been released and the others still haven't even gone out into the public. So it hasn't affected sales very much. But I've also realized that the podcast route doesn't work, even though you read articles on the internet saying it does work, is because people listen to it in their car, they listen to it at the gym, while they're walking their dog. Um, they're not in the state of mind to buy just yet. They're getting introduced to, to the idea they're getting exposed to it, but they're just not ready to buy yet. Right. Um, so that's why I'm actually pivoting. I, I stopped getting booked on shows after the 125th one. I said, this has to stop. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to get on TikTok where people are ready to be entertained. Um, TikTok also has a shop. So, you know, if I promote the book, I can also just right there in the app, link it to the shop and people can just buy the book straight there. Now, have you started that? Um, I've started the TikTok account, but I have some skits already written out, some comedy skits that are really funny about student loan. Um, and so I just have to act it out and post them. But yeah, oh. that's going to be how I focus this year. All right. Well, you and I will have to stay in contact because I want to hear how that goes, right? Because I'm, I'm all about sharing tips that work, ideas that work for book authors. Because you're right. You know, even you know, podcast guesting is smart, but it's not, there's no perfect um, solution. I'll have to give you a copy of a book called I, I wrote called The Magic of Free Books, and it lists like 60 ways. Now, we the books that we publish for clients, they're designed, and maybe yours is too, to be given away. Like, I'm tr you're not trying to make a couple dollars on selling the book, right? You're trying to get that book in the right hands so that hopefully someone works with you um, is, is the strategy we take. So I'll have to give you a copy of that, Annie, so that you can maybe add a couple more to your list. But you know, I think this this idea of TikTok and ready to buy, that is something I definitely want to hear about, you know, in the next couple of months. Because if that really works for you, I'd love to bring you back on and, and share that with my listeners. Yeah, I sure hope it works because the target audience is there as well. You know, like right. the people I'm trying to talk to, they're like 18 years old. They're all on TikTok. So I hopefully, hopefully I can reach people there. So then you, maybe you'll have an answer to this then. <laughs> maybe you have more than one, but we'll, we'll keep it to one. What about a mistake made? Is there anything that you've learned, a mistake made, a speed bump you've encountered, even with this, this latest book, that you would want to warn someone about to say, hey, be, just be careful of this? Yeah, I want to say that um, here in the United States, we think we have freedom of speech and we have freedom to gather and assemble and organize protests or whatever, right? But actually we don't. Tech companies make it really difficult for you to get your message out there these days. Um, so like, even though I have 18,000 subscribers on YouTube, um, something's wrong with my account. I can't go beyond 18,300 subscribers. I'll, I'll gain 20 and then I'll get knocked down by 20 or 30. This happened six times in a row. I literally, two days ago, I had 18,320 Today, I have 18,301. So, you know, it's happened again and again. So despite having that many subscribers, I'm not reaching my own following. This is a, an account that's had over a million views all across the videos. Um, so the number one mistake that I made was I never got people onto my own email list. I, I have made videos in the past where I have like offered forms and templates to go with the video. 
Um, but I, I never like tried to commercialize it. It was just like, Hey guys, I just want to give back here some free information, head over to my site to the download section. And they could have downloaded that stuff without giving me their email address at all. Um, and now looking back, I think that was a grave mistake. I should have put that behind like an email wall, right? Like, because now I cannot reach the very people who are my fans. Well, all the books we publish for our clients, and again, all we work with are business owners, entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, but we, every book, we call it a passive call to action. It is an opt-in that is embedded throughout your book so that, you know, those interested readers who want more can get more from you. And you're right. It's, you know, even your own email list is not necessarily your own asset, but it's, the, it's better than social media and all that. Um, the more data you have on your, your, your prospects and customers. So yeah, that's a, that's a very unfortunate reality that you shared, Annie. And it is, it is something that, you know, going forward, you, know, you can all, you know, whatever it is, you know, and you're also dealing with a younger audience, which I'm not sure what their, the likelihood of them opting in is, but you at least have to make the offer. Yeah, I, I do, you know, so uh, I've managed to sell like 2000 copies of That's my awesome. first book That's solely awesome. through just those YouTube videos. So while I made those videos at the end of every video, I just said, you want to support my channel? I don't take sponsors. Go buy my book, you know, a thousand one ways to save money. And they all bought it. You know, I sold 2000 copies. So if I managed to get, get the email addresses of those 2000 people, that would have been nice, but I don't. <laughs> you learned your lesson. You won't make that mistake again. I won't make it again. So, so Annie, as we get ready to wrap up here, I'd love to hear what being a published book author has meant either to you or if you want to focus it on your, you know, a reader or a particular reader or whatever, but I'd love just to hear about the, the impact of being a published book author. I think the biggest thing is I get to touch people's lives without actually being there in person. So the branding that I've thought of, because you always have to be intentional. What's the branding of your company and your books and things like that? And I said the feeling that I want to invoke in people is I want to be that best friend that's there for people at 3 a.m. in the morning when someone's depressed or suicidal or thinking like their life is not going the way they want. And they're looking for something to read that would make them want to keep going. And so, like, I feel like that has been the impact that it's made on people because like people read those books and then they come back to me and they're just like, you know, you made me think about my life in a different way. And I think that sometimes that's all people need before they take, you know, make a change that will lead them in a better direction. That's awesome. So Annie, where's the best place our listeners can learn more about you? Where's the best place they should buy your book? Best, pay, best place to learn more about me is on AnnieYangFinancial.com. That's A-N-N-I-E-Y-A-N-G Financial.com. The five-day job search audiobook is free. You can download it on AnnieYangFinancial.com. At the top, there's a link. It says audiobook. It just put in your name or email address to download the book. And then also follow me on YouTube and follow me on TikTok. It's Annie Yang Financial. Very good. Well, Annie, thank you for your time today, and uh, best of luck with that TikTok and all the, you know, all the other stuff you're going to be doing to get the book out there. Mike, thanks for having me on. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Author Factor podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Subscribe, tell a friend, and go grab the notes and extras at theauthorfactor.com. And to learn more about my unique short book publishing services, please check out bitesizebooks.com. See you next time.